0: Blog
1: Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blog Talks Radio this Saturday. This is the first Saturday in May, and it's a nice sunny day here in Philadelphia. I hope you all are getting this glorious sunshine and warm weather uh, wherever you are as well. And I want to thank you again for tuning in to Off the Shelf. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and we have a exciting show in store for you today. And thank you again for joining us To kick off today's show, I wanted wanted to start focusing on a different topic to get you thinking before we launch into the show, and the topic today is something that terrorizes millions of children and adults right here in the United States, and I just want to put this stat in front of you, and it's actually linked to a story that I wrote, and this is from the National Institute on Alcoholism and Alcohol Abuse, and it reports that in 2013, Twenty-four point six percent of Americans, 15, uh There's a lot of background noise, but a lot. I'm of getting ready to cancel
0: that right now.
1: Thank you. Twenty-four point six percent of Americans, eighteen years of age and older, said they engaged in binge drinking in like the last month, and sixteen point six million of eighteen years people, eighteen years or older, reported having an alcohol use or disorder, and that's a lot of people impacting a lot of families, uh, for fathers and sons who are impacted by it. That the, That's an issue that I tackle in Love, Pour Over Me, between Raymond Clark. He's just one of the million. This is a real life, something that really impacts people, and people keep secrets about it. There was an actress who actually was on Three's Company years ago. She wrote a book called Keeping Secrets, and she grew up in a home where there was alcoholism. So that's a a, a real-life issue that's tackled and love pour over me. It, it, Raymond tries to keep it a secret as well, but it's something that impacts your life. If it's something that... Whether you read the book or don't read the book, if you're in in a family where alcoholism occurs, I will encourage you to reach out and seek help because it could impact your relationships years down the road. And if you're somebody wrestling with it, I certainly would encourage you to get help. Uh, You can get a copy of Love for Me. It's in print or e-book form. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, eBook it. If you don't sit on the shelves, just ask the clerk for it, and they can get you a copy because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So I, want, I again, want to encourage you. I said I'm going to start with each show, a topic to get people to thinking. That's a topic that if you need help to get help, whether you're a child grown up in such a home as Raymond is in Love for Over Me or – if you're a parent or an adult, to seek seek help. And I thank you for that. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today is Claudia Moss. Now, Claudia is a former college board consultant. She's a dancer, a talk show radio host, motivational speaker, poet, and the author of the book, Soft to Snammy, hope I said it right, Not Without Passion, If You Love Me, Come and Dolly, this is her characters are full of life. Dolly, the memoirs of a high school graduate. She would love for you to visit her online at www.claudiamoss.webs.com, and I'll spell that for you: C L A U D I A M O S S dot w e b s dot com again. it's Claudia Moss dot webs w e b s dot com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Claudia. Thank you so
0: much. It is a pleasure to be here again. I'm just deeply honored. And today in Atlanta, the sun is shining bright as well.
1: Oh well, that's good. That's good to hear. It. I know usually back home in Ohio, my cousin used to live right outside of Atlanta the weather was often similar to the weather that we had, so it's it's good to hear that. You are always so much fun, Claudia. Like your characters, <laughs> you're so full of life and such a creative, artistic uh, a person. And I know you've been on here and delighted our Off the Shelf listeners with your presence a few years ago, but some people might be just, just meeting Claudia Moss for the first time. Can you tell us, since you were on Off the Shelf, about some of the new writing works you've been working on? Sure.
0: I am putting together a new poetry collection. My premier poetry collection was uh, Soft Tsunami. And I wanted it um, water related. and, And a tsunami is just waves and waves of water. And I thought, put two concepts together. Make them strikingly different and then offer that. So the softness of say, something like a bit of water compared to a rush of water, and put those together. Soft tsunami is what ah. I want to offer in the way of poetry that comes soft and forceful. So
1: okay, my, now yes. go ahead. Yes, yes When ma'am. that is a good, that is a good. See, that's the artist in you. You that the creative mind that would actually think of that and pull those two together. I was surprised when I was researching for this interview with you uh to learn that you now are going deeper into photography. When did you start exploring photography?
0: I I have always loved photography. So oh. uh, I would just simply take my cell phone and chronicle what was around me in the way of beauty of people, nature, myself. You know, all of us are filled with a divine energy that is beautiful, so I I try and capture that and, and blend the two when with my writing and words and the pictorial beauty of the world and words.
1: Did you so, ever take – no, go ahead. So You're what saying I going so. to do
0: in a coming collection of poetry, what I'm going to do is marry um, my poems, with my pictures and give readers a lushness that goes beyond
1: worth uh, oh very interesting very interesting who was it is. arthur ash's wife she made up like one of those i got a call co- years ago arthur ash's uh wife uh, uh one of those coffee books is that what you're thinking or would you would you oh. put it together Like one of those
0: coffee table books. Yes, yes. I purchased that. It it was gorgeous. And she's gorgeous as well. But um, it it should be something like that. Yes. Something that you can start conversation with. uh, Something that'll be a great gift to give someone. uh, Something to open them to photography and poetry at the same
1: time. Yes. Did you take any professional – see, I'm thinking photography. I saw an ad. I was, I was on a train going to work in Philadelphia, and there's this ad of this guy, like he's, uh, his body is literally all the way off the ground. He's a baseball player. And the photographer caught him. I mean, you're talking about less than a second to catch somebody and put that stillness of, the, of that motion to make it still. This guy's off the ground reaching for the ball, and I said, oh, my gosh. That is amazing photography. Did did you did are you like self taught over the years, or have you ever gone to take a, a professional course to learn about? Because that's another way to tell stories. It it uh, truly it is.
0: Uh, same with the the film and people uh, telling filmmakers telling their stories. And I thought about that aspect as well, as far as uh, when you allow spirit and creativity. To fill you, it can mushroom many different ways to um, explore itself within you. But no, I never took uh, a photography class. I, I have photography friends who tell me about um, the art in little more detail, but I may take a class, but I just let my love for photography guide me.
1: Okay. Okay. I was now. You know, I was thinking again and again. I don't know why this jumped out at me so much. You said you've been doing photography. I've seen some of your like your stills of your you dancing, but the, I, for some reason that struck me like, wow, she's taking up something new, and it's surprising to hear you've been doing it for years. I was thinking as I was researching for the interview that I said, wow, she could get more exposure for her writings if you, if you if you took. Pictures for business, especially online, everybody's always looking for photographs to put with their blog posts and photographs to put on their website. And 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 they don't have to pay for the copyright to pay somebody take the picture. I buy it off of you, and then boom, I own it, and I'm done. Have you ever thought about doing that and adding like the your byline with your website and maybe a title of one of your books with the picture that you would sell to any anybody in a business who was looking for a good good picture to include with some type of a content, maybe a brochure maybe a website, maybe a blog post has is that something you've ever considered yes
0: uh, uh surprisingly yes i have uh I was speaking with um an author friend and we were talking about covers for our books, and we're always looking for great pictures to capture something like you said that. Corresponds with our words. And I thought to myself, Godly, there were three sites that I could upload my pictures to and sell them from the site as stock pictures. And I'm telling you, one thing leads to <laughs> another, and sometimes you get bombarded other things to do, and the idea goes, bye-bye. But I'm so glad that you said that, because I've just jotted that down again, Claudia. Go back, look at those three sites, and decide just to do that. You know, Spirit leaves us with these gems of ideas. And yes. if we don't catch them, if we don't throw that net out, that dream mm. catcher, they just fly right on to the next
1: person. <laughs> it's over. <so> it's <funny. laughs> you know, like you don't have forever have forever. Some things we do have a while. They'll keep coming up, keep coming up, keep coming up, and That's and some beauty. things, yeah, you, you they just go right away. You know, yeah.
0: Yes, but but the beauty to me is the divine saying. That's all right, Claudia. I still love you because Denise is going to come and tell you a damn. <laughs> you should do, and then I can either accept that or not. But I've got my pen here. Okay.
1: <laughs> Now we want to talk about Soft Tsunami for our off-the-shelf listeners. When did you start on this? It's a five-part series. When did you start writing it? And can you tell our listeners what inspired you? I know you talked about the the water, but can you go a little bit more in depth of what inspired you to start the series?
0: Well, with um, Soft Tsunami, uh, I just decided that it was time to release my premier poetry book because I've been a writer all of my life, all of my life. And I thought, Claudia, you can wait for someone else to recognize your gift, or mm. you can recognize and honor your gift, release
1: yourself, and and mm-hmm. self-publish uh, mm-hmm. this work. So
0: Wow, that's,
1: that's, i got to tell you, up. I'm... I I d I don't mean to interrupt you. That is very oh, no. well put. Very well put. <laughs> Thank you. Very well put.
0: Thank you. Okay. So that's what I did. I um marshalled myself in faith and I said, I'm going I can do this. I can learn to do anything I want to do. And I explored Amazon and create space and I learned about graphic designers. And I looked at the market in the way of poetry books and how they can be presented. Then I decided to release that first collection of poems coming from different years before about my coming into Claudia, the experiences that Claudia has experienced. And I put them into that book, and I decided not only to stop there, to put them in a book and release that. I said, wait a minute. Let me make this book palatable for readers who might want a little sampling of Claudia before they get more. So I said, Mm -hmm. and everybody's pocketbook is different. So I released the book in piecemeal form in five sections. This
1: section
0: was lowered in price, that section. And then if you love those two, hey, buy the whole book.
1: Oh, Okay. Wow, so you interesting. You release it
0: in Kindle, and then you release that, that physical book.
1: Okay, okay. It's interesting how your mind works to break it down, and then you can either get the whole whole uh, compilation. What are some of the topics that you take on in Soft Sammy? Oh. What are some of the topics you, 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 oh, you, my you address?
0: Some of the topics that I take on would be self love, learning how you, you cannot love someone else unless you love yourself, in mm-hmm. all of your very similitudes of who you are. Some people might judge them good, bad, you indifferent, but still if you, you've got to be able to embrace the whole self. So I talk about that. I talk about the love of certain things that I love, like family, like my hair. Um, I talk about lesbian love. I talk about... Um, going for your dreams, exploring um, the different facets of life that frighten you, the different facets of yourself, the darkness within. I talk about rolling the stone away from the cave that keeps you bound. You, you People can come and help you because spirit can send them to, to help you walk away from something. But in the final analysis. You and spirit decide to roll that stone away from you being interred somewhere. So just just the the, the power in uh, taking breath each day to to find out who you are, why you're here, and what you're going to do next. So all of that mm. is wrapped up in so many years of of exploring that.
1: Okay, now one reviewer had this to say about Soft and Snammy. Claudia realizes this power in the unique softness of the feminine physique and in the unique sensitivities of the feminine heart and mind. She forces you to see it. She demands that you acknowledge it. And she does it with a remarkable and eclectic eloquence. How do you? How do you think... Wow. How do you think... Claudia, that unique softness and femininity wow. helped to change the world. Because a lot of people see softness as if we could just oh, get rid of it and, and be tougher. They A lot of us think the way is not. I think even a lot of us probably see love as weak and war as something strong and that the change will come wow. through aggression and force. So yeah. being and following up with what the reviewer said, it kind of goes against the way the world thinks. How how do you I, think that how how does unique softness how does it help to change the world? Because a lot of people would oh see my it just god. the opposite.
0: I have to say, your question is absolutely beautiful. It is um, oh my god! It's it's like a, a, a monument um, uh, presented to honor someone. Thank you so much for it. Um, the question makes me to think that these things that the world sees as a weakness are simply paradigms that need to be shifted, shattered, and and scattered across uh, the wind because we don't need them, because softness is a strength, because you don't have to speak loud to have me to listen, because when you speak softly, When you speak in a whisper sometimes, you can capture everyone's attention because then they've got to bow to listen to what you're saying. And when you're soft with me, I will remember you. I will remember how you made me feel. But when you're hard and abrasive, I will remember that also. But it will not be in honor of you. It will not be in honor of myself if I don't receive it the right way to then respond to you. So when we break all of those those ideas that the world says uh, are not good to be, then we can we can blossom ourselves and step forward and realize that there's another way of seeing things. There's another way of being and it's okay to to walk out in the world soft and gentle. Wow. And yeah, I think, and
1: and there are people who are embracing it. Sometimes I wonder if there are enough, but I uh, I I don't know. There's still a lot of people who think again that just being very aggressive and hard is the way. And, no. and those who those who know differently, we just have to keep our you know keep our working on ourselves, and then it it, right. it spreads. It seems sometimes really slow, but it 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 spreads. Even when you think about like the the issue with police brutality, that's again thinking force is the answer. Just I, I have to be more forceful than you are, <laughs> and that's no. not the no, answer, see, But we
0: for, more force simply brings on a battle and a war. You right. can you can choose your weapon. You can choose your choice of weapons. You can you can choose to protest with something as small as a cell phone to televise terror to the world without saying, go out and kill a cop, because that cop could be my son. That cop could be your cousin who is there to protect us. So you can't blanketly, people have to realize you can't blanketly uh, uh, um, hurt a whole force. Or want to kill a whole force just because some some on that force have killed? You've got right. to do as Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi did. You've got to yes. walk in peace and love to change the world. Love speaks loudest.
1: Yes, and we see through their works that they did bring that that their works did bring that that change. It, it still impacts the areas where they worked today. I want to talk about poetry because I, I love poetry, but they say nonfiction sells better than fiction, and then poetry is it. People love to read it. They'll sit down in Barnes and Noble and read a whole entire poetry book, put it back on the shelf, <laughs> and walk back
0: out the <laughs> door. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes, now I think
1: of the Harlem Renaissance. When when there were ports like Zora Nell Hurston County Cullen Langston Hughes James Wilson Johnson, I mean yes. they were the rape. Now they didn't make a lot of money. Zora Nell Hurston was her and. They, they didn't they – didn't they they're very celebrated now, but at the time they yeah. would struggle financially. I wanted to ask you now, like you do, those poets, they tied their work to real life issues. And yeah. it seems like, again, I gave the example, people go into a bookstore, they love poetry, they read it, put the book back on the shelf and walk out the door. So yeah. people don't seem to value poetry. Even today, to me, the way they did Harlem Renaissance, if you ask most people who are some of the really – uh, impactful poets today, I don't think they could name five. I don't even think I could from the day, from from the Harlem Renaissance, I can. Why do you think this is, and how can people in the literary world, the publishers, book club presidents, agents, publicists, how can we help to create a, a, a renewed interest in poetry?
0: You know, I think uh, we've started to do that. I think we've begun to do that with the whole uh platform of television and uh televised poetry on YouTube. Um the New Yorkian cafes in places like New York. They and other uh poetry uh, ventures, they have made poetry more um visible and viable to to the society Uh, by allowing you to see that poet stand on the stage and take that mic and speak from the heart and you can see the passion in their eyes and feel that fervor in their words and it catches you up on something beautiful I think we need more of that to bring the masses to poetry kind of like the movie Love Jones when Mm -hmm. um, the gentleman sat on the stage and and, uh, uh, regaled uh, Nia uh, Nia Long's character with poetry, and the and you could look out and see all of the uh, people in the cafe popping their fingers and caught up in what he was saying oh, yeah. about <laughs> that blue streak going up her leg and coming down the left thigh. We need to make it just as uh, palpable as listening to a song on the radio and being caught up on Alicia Keys and Beyonce because what they're doing is actually singing poetry.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And so that, yeah, you know what? You just made me think because I know there's a show on, I think, TV One where they... There's some spoken word. So it is happening, but uh, I I would hope that one day it's renewed to the level or greater than what it was during the Harlem Renaissance. And a lot of times we don't really appreciate something until it's passed, and then we go back and say, oh, man, that really was good. While we're in the middle of it, we sometimes don't uh, appreciate it as much as we could. I wanted to ask you, so everything we said, and you are such a, a true a courageous artist you express yourself you. sincerely uh what advice would you give to new poets because it really is self-expression and you, you're really putting yourself out there as an artist whether you write fiction songs whatever you do because you're in your work and you could be rejected so you, you have to have the courage really to be a, a sincere artist what advice would you give to new poets uh who are struggling Claudia to express themselves without fearing how others are going to react to what they share
0: my advice to poets who are afraid to share their works for fear of of being ridiculed or or just being overlooked the fact that you know nobody came and and you have a blog up and nobody came to click like to your poem i would say come anyway write anyway. Keep publishing anyway because it is for you and your spirit and your soul that says you must create. You must come to do what I sent you to do as far as spirit influencing you with that. And you can you can put your pen down because oh um, 10 people didn't come and give you praise, but You need to understand, young poet, that your own praise saves you, your own. Mm. Because when you keep publishing, when you keep printing, when you keep speaking, they will come. Because you are building that legacy. People will come and honor you. No matter how how many years or months or poems that it takes, they will come. But they will not come. If you drop that pen, if you stop your fingers from dancing on that keyboard or that laptop, they will not and cannot come.
1: So wow! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, I can see you're a motivational speaker. Oh, okay, I can see you. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> That's a powerful message. You know, I that that is something that I even tell myself: if you stop doing something. And like, what did Oprah say? It's like when you, you have to be ready when the opportunity comes. So if you got frustrated and you quit and the opportunity shows up and you didn't see it coming, now you have nothing. So you have to, like you said, you have to, you don't know when that opportunity is coming. And so many people who've gone on to... Uh, They've gone on a great success or exposure. They talk about the struggle, and what if they had quit? They would have nothing when opportunities showed up. their hands would have been empty. It makes me think about That's just right. popped into my head the um in the scriptures about the virgins who didn't bring the oil, so it's like who were you you weren't expecting much, were you so now you're not ready, so now right. you're not ready. I wanted to ask you who created the cover soft to snap me and this is where your photography may come in who did the cover because that's a big challenge for writers the book cover and what was that process like or working with the artist who created the cover for the book
0: oh okay great uh, I, thank you I had an artist uh, a photographer in uh, Atlanta to do a photo shoot with me on Stone Mountain and I am a person who loves risks and, and doing things on the cutting edge. So I wore a sorry uh, at 12 noon on Stone Mountain, along with some other outfits. And she photographed me in it in different ways and different poses. And then I looked at those pictures and said, Gee, these these several, five, or six come to the top as the ones that really, really touch me. And then I had a young man out in California. I think he's in Minnesota now. And I sent him those pictures, and I said, "Um, take this picture and create an um, underwater-type environment that lets me shine through the greenness of the ocean with flowers. He took it for a while, um, looked at it, did it, sent it back, and it was just exactly what I had in mind as wow. something that would take that photograph and make it something else, make it art for the cover of that book. And he's just amazing. So I, I haven't worked with him uh, in a while, but I intend to work with him for my coming novel, um, Not Without Passion. So, yes, he, okay. he, he's amazing amazing twenty twenty two 22
1: year old now is is the title of the latest wanda b wonders novel wanda b takes the cake uh <laughs> when was the book released because you've written other stories with wanda in it when was the book released and what is wanda up to and wanda b takes the cake
0: okay okay well thank you um Wanda B. is a series that I released about uh, about the same time. I think I released those in 2012. Okay. And, and Wanda, B, uh, Wanda B. speaks her mind, Wanda B. wonders, and Wanda B. takes the cake. Uh, is there another one? And Wanda B. sings the blues. That's what it is. Wanda B. Okay. B sings the blues. <laughs> and so these three books, uh, the series is about uh, feisty black woman whose name is Wanda B because she, as black people can say, she be wondering. And Wanda B (laughs) wonders, wonders about everything. But she wonders in black and white. And she sees the world in black and white because, of course, black and white impacts her world in America. But she doesn't become bitter with the differences between black and white and such as that she looks at it and makes uh, lemonade out of lemons sometimes that can come up in in the scene outside of herself. And she uses humor to talk about different things, to let you know, for example, that, oh, my God, bless Disney, they finally got a black princess. Oh, Tiana, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter if Tiana is is a frog in half the picture. She's a black princess. And <laughs> Wanda is like that. Wanda looks at um uh uh the mom that had all of the babies. Um and and people were talking about her eggs that what is it, Echo Mom uh, not Echo Mom um it's been a while since I picked that one up. But anyway, the the mom that had the sixteen, twelve or sixteen eggs fertilized and, and, and implanted and Wanda talked about that. She said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you imagine a black woman going somewhere having a doctor to put that many eggs in her and have America celebrate her? Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah. <laughs> she, she mentions things like, and she's so happy with the black president when when we come up with a black president. Oh my god! She talks about that. She sees everything, but it's but I want you to find humor, even even as you are reading about Wanda being an activist because she's bringing these things to your attention. But you can be an activist and yet be humorous enough to win more people with honey while you talk to them about the situation between black and white than to push them away with something bitter.
1: <laughs> Wanda B., now how did you create her? We're talking about these characters, and I know that you are such such a creative artist does her personality, you just talked, she sees things in black and white, and we know about, Miss. she's always wondering or thinking about something. Does her personality, and did you intentionally do this, does it include, like, bits and pieces from people you've met so far <laughs> on your journey? Or does, is Wanda B, she's she somewhat like you. How did you create her personality?
0: Oh, I wanted to be is uh, much like me because um, when something happens, I would rather see the bright side of it uh, and see the lesson right away in it. But Wanda B. is much like me. She's much like my sisters uh, who will have you falling out laughing at something that is serious, but you still get the message, but you're just screaming. Um she is, Wanda Be came about out of my love for Langston Hughes. I ah. absolutely love Langston Hughes, and I love his character, Jesse B. Simple, because oh, Langston okay. said all you need to do is just be simple to get your message across, and that's what Jesse is. He's just a simple man drinking at a Harlem bar. And I said, okay, my character is not drinking at a Harlem bar. She is mm. sitting in Miss Lady's beauty salon getting her nails done. And every time she's sitting in that nail salon talking to Miss Lady, she's telling her about something in her world. And that's how I got Wanda B. Oh, I've got to tell you this. And she also, the first Wanda be that I wrote was um, uh, directly from of English conference that I attended, and I met this woman. We were talking. She asked me what I did. I said I was an English teacher and a writer. Blah blah blah. And she said, "You know what? My husband is a blue collar man, and I just love him because, honey, his money is my money, and my <laughs> money is my money." And I thought, "Oh my God, this is wonderful!" And so I went home and I wrote the Blue Collar Man, <laughs> and, and of course oh. I my character to be Wanda B who said, Oh, every woman in America needs to know how to distinguish a collar, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: Oh my goodness. Is, is Wanda B, is she going to show up in, um, any of your future books? (laughs) Miss Wanda.
0: That's a great idea. I'm going to have to jot that down. But, uh, she she just could she just might show up or, or uh, she could get another another book uh, of stories who, who knows so many things are going on she I might have to just pull her out of the shadows. <laughs> so your characters they it's well,
1: and you you said the Wanda B idea for the story came you went to an English conference. Do the, do your characters for our listeners who themselves again. I've run into people, and I'm sure you do, they want to write a novel, but something is stopping them, or they want to get into poetry. And I personally, I think poetry is a gift. You have to just have it, because I think it's a, a very difficult, to me, art form. Somebody who has it is probably very easy, but does do when you're creating your characters, do they just come to you organically, or do you literally sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to put out a new book before the end of the year, and you start to outline, do character sketches to create your characters, or do your characters and your stories just come to you because of some experience you've had? Oh,
0: great, great question. I think it's a little bit of all of that, like a potpourri, like a gumbo. You've got to um, show up at the computer for that creative flow to flow through you, and before you show up at that uh, computer, you're in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. These characters are already kind of nebulous and shadowy, and taking form. And they're they're there already. Their voices are there. So you've then got to uh, not be bothered with them, but you've got to be serenaded by them for a while because they're whisper to you and sing to you and lull you. And then when they do enough of that, you are going to go sit down, be it with notebook or at the laptop, and you are going to find that it is Easy. It is an easy mm. process for a writer to be a writer, for a poet to be a poet, because it is a part of your fabric. It is a part of who you are. So when that voice whispers and says, "Hey, Claudia, it's me, Wanda B, girl, I got something else to tell you," I would say, "Oh goodness, I gotta, I gotta carve out an hour to see what she has to say." And when I show up, oh. and my fingers are poised before that board or those, those, um, uh, that notebook.
1: She comes. She just downloads. Wow, you know that's a, that. Now that's interesting. After all the years I've been writing, I've heard so many writers say this, and they say, you know, they don't think I'm nutty. They'll say, but I actually hear my characters talking. To me. Yes. I've heard so many writers say that, but that 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 take that the character is already there even before you start writing the book. That's a new concept. The character is there. And you just have to wait for them to really flesh out, and then you, you, yes. you know, you're inspired to sit down and write. But, but, but some writers, but you know, too,
0: but I'm sorry, but I must say this: not only are some of them there, but some of them come just for the fact that you were in place. Some, I, that's why I think it's a little bit of everything, because all of them. I don't think all of mine speak at the same time. I think that one main moving wind comes, and then all of the others in the orchestra, they come on in too. After you you sit down and you're in place, everything, everything comes.
1: Ah, because I was getting ready to say some writers today I know, particularly those who – uh, cre- uh their books are published by a mainstream publisher they have these deadlines they have to meet some of them are are aggressive but that does make sense once you sit down like you say and you get in place it just it just comes it'll just you, yes. it, you it, it won't be such a struggle i actually do some writing for and this, this is something i wanted to share with our listeners i do some writing for expartus it's it's um a company that helps people with their MBA admissions, and she was in, in it. She did a video on getting ready to write your your MBA admissions, whether you're applying for graduate business degree from Stanford or Harvard, etc. And if the essay is too hard, and this is like a good tip even as a writer for our listeners, she said, then maybe you're not passionate enough about it. Maybe it's not something that you you yourself are interested enough in. She said, "Because you have to be introspective. This is for, in particular to the essay, maybe not so much to fiction. But when you really care about it, and that maybe the characters, like you say, they've at least one of them has spoken or fleshed out enough, you may have enough passion to to make the writing easy. So it's not a struggle.
0: I that's agree not with a that. Yeah. Anything so that's a tip that to our a listeners: struggle, let it go.
1: mm. You're not
0: supposed to be doing it. I think it should be effortless.
1: Yeah, that's an idea. That goes back to the you softness be and the and the on and, and the fire
0: with passion.
1: Right. Hmm. Very interesting. Can you tell us, we want to talk next about, and you've given a lot of things to chew on for our listeners and myself, can you tell us as we talk about another one of your books, how old is Frenonia Roberts? She's a main character, and if you love me, come to our listeners. Huh? See,
0: Frenonia is um, latter latter twenties. She's probably 29, 30.
1: And what is her family background like? Where where did she grow up? How many siblings does she have? What was life like for her when she was coming up?
0: Fernonia came up through a background of a loving mother, Pastoria, my um, great-grandmother's name. And and Booker uh, raised, Pastoria and Booker raised her. Basically, I would say she came up with a silver spoon in her mouth. Oh. And she has a baby sister named Rhonda. She had an idyllic life. So oh. she she uh, blossoms into a young woman who is uh, a mover and a shaker. She comes to Atlanta and opens her own bookstore, the We Are Family Bookstore. And she participates in the National Black Arts Festival that we have here. And she falls in love with JT and goes through the ah. roller coaster ups and downs. Of yeah, that's
1: what I was going to ask you. She seems like she really has it going on. Like you said, she owns she a bookstore. She started the national a national arts festival, and she's got this steady guy JT in her life. But her life goes spiraling out of control. Without giving yes. it away, what causes it? She's got you. You just told us she had like this a, a very good childhood, a, a loving family, supportive family. She's a, a, she seems to have an entrepreneurial mind. And she goes after what she wants, so she's got the courage to go after what she wants, not just stop it wishing and dreaming. But wow, so how does she, this woman who seemingly has it so together, what happens to center life spiraling out of control? And what, what? why does she let this happen? Oh, my
0: goodness. I think it's life. Like like sometimes we seem to have it all together when we stand up in the world. We got on our red bottoms. We got on our business suits and our Uh, briefcase, and and the hair is beautiful, and we just look like uh, nothing, nothing could have gone wrong anywhere or gone awry anywhere in our past. But roots can come up and buckle, roots that we bury, uh, things that we gloss over, and they can make for the shocking upheaval that comes because she – has uh, issues that she does not deal with, with her mother, Mm. between her mother and her sister and herself. So while she's smiling on the outside, something else on the inside is whispering to her that it's time for you to deal with this now. Now you're ready Mm. to deal with this. And also it comes up in her relationship with uh, JT uh, about It's okay, and I'll just reveal this one as maybe a spoiler, but it's okay to be an independent woman and not have to um, go into a position of I'm I'm quite like your child. What do you want me to do with a a significant Uh, other? And JT was into controlling. She adored him, uh, but you can't control a grown woman. You have to share life with her, beside her.
1: Wow, yeah, that's a story that a, a lot of people probably would benefit from reading. Now, I, this is a question again as I was researching for the interview. That kind of I got a little frustrated with this. Why don't her? Why don't her? She's got a loving family. Why don't her relatives and her friends? Why don't they step forward and and help her and offer her more support as her life's starting to like really look like it's coming unglued.
0: And uh, in that situation with her, she tried to keep it so um, under wraps and secretive until they didn't really know until it was glaringly done. And and that's uh, the same thing with alcoholism in the family. Sometimes children learn how to hide behind something. So that you never really know until you come closer or listen carefully to what is being said or what is being told. Same thing with rape. Some people hide it so well that until you're up in their space close enough, you can ask, What's going on here? What's really happening?
1: Yeah. Can you tell me? Same thing with her girlfriend. They, they, even though they they have this, that's the thing that was a little confusing to me. She maybe there's nobody she really trusted, or she felt like she lose their respect. I don't know, but it's I just found that odd. All hot. of that He's is these and you don't feel like you can tell anybody, or you can you can let somebody see no. this is what's really going on.
0: All of that is very much true. Sometimes. Your image, sometimes the image that you bring forth to stand up in the world every day is one you cannot allow others to see beyond, to see who you really are and what you're really dealing with because your image is so clear-cut and stalwart. I mean, free is, is Frenonia. Robert is free. I mean, she, she is someone like... Um, uh, to be envied, and how how in the world could she bow and show you that she has something there that's buckling her knees and and wetting mm. her cheeks? She, she's not going to do that until it just happens so much so that you can't do anything else but be and show the real you.
1: Wow, was it your did the story just evolve? And listening to you talk, this is something I appreciate when I listen to authors being interviewed, and they talk about their books in more detail. It just makes their story sound that much more interesting. When you sat down to write If You Love Me Come, did you intend to create this character who, like her public image, is so well put together, and she's this courageous, independent woman, and you think, how does she even get hooked up with a guy Who's into control and she's so not that. How does this happen? And it happens to people every day. Was it your every intention day. to show to show this, and then she's spiraling out of control? And she has to work to get it back together. Or did the story just sort of evolve on its own? Oh, I would say
0: I have lived that, and the story. Even though I've lived it, the story. Evolved on its own as well, so it was like a, a meeting in the middle of the road between some things. So I know that that can happen. I other people know that that uh, you, you can look at a couple who seemingly has it uh, all together, but then when you go a little bit closer, you find they're strangers. And and in that situation, free and JT weren't strange strangers, but they had some things that they needed to move away from as a couple. They needed to move away from one another. And I think this is a beautiful thing in life. Sometimes we have to move away from that significant other and then see if we have enough passion, enough love, enough of whatever we need to come back together and work on the wholeness of it. And uh, Mm -hmm. that is what happens to Free and JT. Now, the same thing in a different format happens to her friend, Charmaine, who is hooked up with a guy who is overbearing, ten times more overbearing than JT. And, and, And Charmaine is lesbian on top of it. But the fear of her being a lesbian and coming out, because she has not even come out to the people in her inner family circle, you know she's not going to come out to a man who is her husband that her parents or her mother really uh, put together the marriage, like an arranged marriage. She Mm -hmm. has to one day stand up and say, no, I cannot stay here anymore and move away and just suffer everything that she thinks she's going to suffer from moving away and telling the world, this is who I am. I am a lesbian and I'm going to live my life this way
1: wow yeah and and, and and you go through the storms until you just you know i I think what happens whatever causes people to, to to tell the truth or just see the truth in something about themselves it's usually a storm or a struggle where you just say yes. it hurts it hurts too much to stay here i know there yes. could be a lot of pain if i leave but i don't think it'll be as bad as if it reminds me of um her name just pops into my head. She's on Oprah's own, Iyana. She said, one day my soul just. Oh, yeah, you just yes. say, it, this hurts so bad. Living a lie or being in this relationship, it hurts so bad. Even if I fear what's coming next, it can't hurt as bad as this. So you, That's right. That's you make
0: right. the change. Yes, indeed. You make That's the change. It.
1: What, what, have readers, what, have they been, what have readers said about if you love me, come? It's 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 a very. On Amazon
0: and yes, ma'am. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me what what were they? Yes, on Amazon, my reviews have been overwhelmingly positive, wonderful, and beautiful. Uh, Yes, you have some one or two reviews uh, uh, of people who maybe one lady in particular. I believe she said she couldn't understand a lot of the words. And that's okay. You will get um, the other side of the five-star review. But overall, the comments have been just plain it's beautiful, encouraging, loving, just, oh, my God, Claudia, I loved it. I absolutely loved it.
1: That is good. That I mean, the story, It when you talk about her, it, it's like you want to read the book to see how this woman who's seemingly so mm-hmm. together uh, – how she gets into these missteps, uh, like which happens to all of us. But she looks all like she's us. got it so together. Now, while researching for the, today's interview, I also learned that you mentioned it earlier in the show. As we're coming down to the end of the show, you're working on a new book titled "Not Without Passion." Can you tell us? Is it? Is it? What is it? Is it poetry? Is it a novel? What type of work is it? And can you give us just a little glimpse into "Not Without Passion"?
0: Not Without Passion, thank you, is the story of a woman, Moon Renfro. I love her name, Moon. She's uh, part Navajo, Native American, and she's part African American. So she's a dark beauty with long black hair, kind of uh, reminiscent of my maternal grandmother. And she realizes in life that sometimes when everything seems to be just like free wonderful because she has a great career she has a beautiful home her children are grown she's a young woman and somehow her days don't have that passion that she needs to just get up and just sing and scream and stand out on the balcony and raise her hands to the sky she's so glad to be in her shoes and she decides wait a minute if i if it's not like that what do I need to do to get there? Because I don't want to do anything without passion. And she decides mm. to let it all go. Let it all go as far as the job, the the great uh, um, uh, partnership that she has on her job with this firm in Atlanta. And when she lets it go, she finds herself in a place where she has to learn everything anew, but that's okay. She has to fall a bit. But that's okay. She meets new love, and that's wonderful. Uh, and she she goes to a place that can be dark, that's bright, but in the end, the mm. brightness comes. But Because she that's what, where the passion just uh, lights up her whole life. So where there were holes before, through those holes are going to come streaming rays of light to let her know in mm. everything that she does, she did the right thing when she let something go that appeared to be everything that she wanted.
1: Wow. When can we expect to see Not Without Passion on the market?
0: I think um, I should be ready to release that, hopefully in 2016, because I'm working also on uh, a book about rape, rape survivors called Mm. To Honor the Heart. So I have several other projects going along with, not without passion. So it's going to take me some time to bring all of those to uh, a bloom.
1: Now to honor the heart, wow! Are you going to be? What, what is that? Is that going? To, is is that going to include uh, stories from women who actually experience this horrible violence? Uh, yes. Or is it? Wow.
0: Yes, that book uh that is it it's an anthology and um i wrote my own uh rape survival story and when i finally pushed the stone away from my own cave and came out to realize that i'm here and i'm i'm whole but i can't continue burying something uh whose roots are there and and mm. will buckle up sometimes and show up and topple you if you allow them, but um, when you can turn around and look at it and honestly see it as something that happened to you, but yes, that it happened to you, it doesn't have to keep walking up into your nights and days to alter any relationship or situation that you're in today because it happened years and years ago, so you've got to stop and stop fleeing it. Look at it and And forgive it, and forgive the perpetrator, forgive yourself and walk forward in the light and you you've mm. got to to understand that uh if you don't look at it, if you don't examine it, if you don't feel it, it will continue to shadow your footsteps.
1: Mm. wow, yeah, you know, and psychologists say the same thing. <laughs> You have to deal with it for you know, in order to move past it. And, that is cool. and, and Again, you want to avoid pain. We don't like to feel pain, but that you got to go through it. Is It's uncomfortable as these things yeah. are. Um, that is really amazing that you're doing that work. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your books?
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, You listeners can go to Amazon.com and click in Claudia Moss, C-L-A-U-D-I-A-M-O-S-S. You will find when you do that, my novel will come up, my novels, If You Love Me, Come. And Dolly, the memoirs of a high school graduate, you will see Wanda B. Wonders and her series. You will see Soft Tsunami and all of the poems and books of poems that go along to make up that collection and you can go to www.claudiamoss.wordpress.com and go to that blog site and read about my blogs and the blog, my blog posts. You'll see all of the poems that I posted for April, National Poetry Writing Month. Instead of one poem a day, I did about uh, two, three, sometimes four. And I did... Uh, Several for my site, uh, the official blog home of Claudia Moss, which is uh, Claudia Moss dot WordPress dot com, and I did several for my Insaphic Sunshine site, where I posted poems uh, there as well on WordPress, In Sapphic Sunshine uh, WordPress dot com. So I have about 60 plus poems that I am going to release. After I workshop them into a another poetry collection, so I should have
1: wow. two
0: poetry collections
1: soon. We we you are just such a delight. We want to thank Claudia thank Moss uh, for joining us here on Off the Shelf. And, again, she's a dancer, talk show host. She has a show here on Blog Talk Radio, so you can search for her and, and, and enjoy her more on her talk show. Motivational speaker, and you can tell, an awesome motivational speaker. She gave us a little snippet here today. A poet, she's the author of the book, Soft, the Snammy, Not Without Passion, which should be out next year. If you love me, come. Dolly, the memoirs of a high school graduate. And what's the one about the, the the anthology about the the people? Oh, the w- rape
0: anthology, the survival yes. anthology. I should yes. say is to honor the heart.
1: To honor the heart, to honor the heart, and not without passion. Those are coming in the future. So, to off-the-shelf business, you can be on the lookout for those, and you can find Claudia Moss online again, claudiamoss.webs.com. She's also on WordPress, as she said. And if you want to get a copy of her book, and I encourage you to 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 in, to explore her work. She's her her works are at Amazon.com. You go there, and you can just search for Claudia Moss, C L A U D I A. M-O-S-S. Or, again, visit our website, claudiamoss.webs.com. Again, we thank Claudia for being here with us, and we thank each of our listeners. Come back next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or New York City Time, and we will bring you another awesome guest here at Off The Shelf Radio. As I always tell you, you are incredible. You are amazing go out and create a fabulous day for yourself please go support claudia moss and pick up a copy of love pour over me have a wonderful awesome day claudia i'll shoot you an email bye for now thank you so much thank you i
0: appreciate you